0: Hello and welcome to Love You Mom, An Alzheimer's Story. I'm Wendy Mosier. Thank you so much for listening. If you've been following Toasted Marshmallow Adventures podcast, you know that we've opened a second studio in Boise, Idaho at the Gem Center for the Arts on Bank Drive. We're currently taking nude podcast clients at our Boise and Nampa studios. So if you've ever felt inspired and thought that you might want to do a weekly, monthly or series podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out. We can help you with all aspects of your project, from writing tips to setup, production, release, and everything in between. We are also available to podcast on location. So if you have an event that you'd like us to live stream or tape to edit and release at a later date, or if you'd like us to interview people, we have all of the necessary equipment and we are ready to go. Toasted Marshmallow Adventures Studios is also involved in social media content creation. We understand that running a business is time consuming and you may not have time to create all of your social media posts. That's where we come in. We currently have clients sending us their photos and write-ups. We create their content in the form of pictures and videos in sizes appropriate for Instagram and Facebook stories, reels, and posts, sending options back in a timely and professional manner. Creating your voice is our passion. We so appreciate all of our listeners, all of the follows, likes, and shares. We have big things coming up from Toasted Marshmallow Adventures podcast, including some great comedians that will be live on our Facebook page. We've recently podcasted with some amazing entertainers. Showgirl Ula Vamps, comedian Ed Hill, and comedian Gabriel Rutledge. These podcasts can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Please check our social media for dates and times for future live streams. Thank you again for listening. And now that we've taken care of business, let's get on with the show. In the last episode, Mom was in the hospital having just undergone surgery to repair a broken leg, and John texted me that I'd made a good decision to proceed with the surgery. I responded, I think so. I hope so. And I think I did. It was the best decision for us. John and I continued to tag team, and the hospital was so great working with us. He'd be there for the majority of the day, and I'd usually come over for a few evening or mid-afternoon hours to give him a break, to take a walk with Lily, go do errands, and relax his brain. Because of COVID, hospital staff was limited, and Mom needed assistance with her activities of daily living. They allowed us to be in the room to order her food, feed her, and basically be her voice when she was unable to say what she needed. She continued to improve daily, to staff's amazement I think. She is a very strong, healthy woman with the exception of the terrible disease of Alzheimer's. And truly, after the initial pain of the fall and the pain from being examined, we only had one experience where she really voiced displeasure, and boy did she. I was with her and she was very upset. In the whole time we've cared for mom in this way, I've never, not once, heard her talk this way. I think she was sick of the hospital, sick of being in bed and not understanding why she was there, sick of everything, and she let me know in no uncertain terms. What you need to know before I share what she said is that with Alzheimer's and dementia, sometimes your person won't be able to find the word that they're looking for, so they'll substitute a similar word. So if they're talking to you and know that you're family, they may call their daughter their mom, or their husband their son, and this goes for other words as well. They will find similar words that seemingly fit the occasion and use that word. On August 29th, a couple days after surgery and still in pretty severe pain at times, Mom said, quote, I'm not special anymore, Wendy Sue. I want to leave. Take this blanket and burn it. I hate it here. Get me out of here. Will you hold me if I die? I'm done with this. I'm going home. Where did my mom go? Are you going to stay here? Where's Wendy? I don't know what you're talking about. Tell me. You wouldn't fib to us. I can't get out until I get out in the morning. Where's our dog? I'm scared. I'm scared for Wendy. St. Luke's? This was the name of the hospital that she read off of a bag for her things. And, oh, that tastes yucky. A response to a drink that I was giving her. As her daughter, this was really tough to experience, but I'm so glad that I was there with her to help her through. I tried to redirect. I tried to stay positive and get her feeling happier. I brought her automated cat down from the shelf that we'd had it on and laid it in her lap. I told her that I was there, and I understood, and that she'd broken her leg, and this would be over soon. I told her that I loved her. We all did. I held her hand and tried my best to be her emotional support human. Her anger passed fairly quickly, and we had a good rest of the evening. I have not seen that since, and I am grateful. Our next concern became where to place her after the hospital. Beds were and are in such strong demand that we needed to find a facility where she could recover and one we hoped that didn't have COVID restrictions. We hated the idea of leaving mom in a facility for several weeks recovering without at least one of us there to be her voice and look after her. We went through the process of picking potential rehab facilities that would work for her and us Not one facility got back to us with a positive response. With COVID and the lack of people willing to work, the whole system was strained and it seemed there was nowhere to go. The hospital could have kicked us out, but maneuvered things so that it was okay that we stayed a bit longer while we looked for places. I remember being so worried about our situation that I talked to a longtime cleaning client about it. He said, why don't you get her a hospital bed and whatever else you need to care for her and head back to your original assisted living, the place you love? I ran it by John. John was in the mode of, quote, It can't hurt to ask, and he messaged the director of her assisted living, an amazing human that has been such a great help to us. He said, quote, I don't see why not. We all love Lucy and we can make this work. It wasn't as easy as all of that and there were hoops to jump through, but eventually all of the I's were dotted and T's were crossed and I was in a van with my mom strapped in a wheelchair in the back, heading back to her original assisted living, the place we love. This was the last time that I was in a car with my mom. That seems so strange to think about, all of the last that we've had with her. It was definitely going to be different now, Before we went into the hospital, my mom could walk. Now we were transferring her with a Hoyer lift. Initially, John and I had both thought that we'd be making the transfers on our own, without mechanical assistance. I worked in the brain injury section of a nursing home in my early 20s, and we walked around with belts wrapped around our waists in case any of the residents needed to transfer from their bed to a wheelchair, onto the toilet, or into a chair in the eating or sitting area. We would place the large belt around ourselves and then around the resident, forming a large circle around both of our bodies. Tightening the belt, we would get their legs on the edge of whatever they were sitting on, bend over, and place our knees around theirs. Pressing our knees and legs inward and giving them a large hug with our arms under theirs and around their body, we would count down. three, two one, and on one we would make one move pivoting them onto their surface of choice. It usually went well unless you lost your grip and were the only employee there. One time in six months of transfers I had to sit a resident on the floor. It was a man that had robbed a bank and then tried to kill himself by running his car into a tree. He lived to tell about it but had massive brain injuries and could no longer live on his own. During our transfer that ended with him on the floor, his body had stiffened. I lost my grip and remember telling him, Ron, we're going down. He was the type of person that thought that kind of experience was funny, and luckily neither one of us was injured, but I do remember it being a backbreaker as I slowly lowered the 200-pound man to the floor. Luckily, we weren't going to have to deal with any of this with Mom. The Hoyer lift is an antiquated-looking piece of equipment that has been a godsend for our situation. Mom is always on a blue pad with straps. It's under her when she's in bed, in the armchair she sits in, and in the wheelchair. If we want to transfer her into the bed from the chair or into her armchair or wheelchair, we push this wheeled lift over and attach chains to the straps on the side of the blue pad. We push on a crank that raises her up into the blue pad that is now acting like a sling. It actually looks pretty comfortable, kind of like my mom is a little burrito. When we first began using the Hoyer lift, mom would grab hold of the chains and have a worried look on her face or close her eyes so as not to see what might happen next. She has definitely relaxed into it and no longer holds the chains, looking very relaxed and without fear as we move towards our desired location in the room. The Hoyer is on wheels, and once mom is elevated from her original location, you can adjust the wheels on the bottom to accommodate large or small spaces in which to maneuver. Once sitting or lying where you intended, you push the release lever that slowly releases the chains and you're able to unhook them from the blue pad, pull the Hoyer back, and voila. Mom has been transferred, and everyone has their back intact. It really has been an amazing tool for us. Another difference was that Mom would be spending a lot more time in her room. We began having a more detailed schedule so that she's never without one of us there. Unless it's nighttime and she's sleeping, she has someone with her. Because the disease progresses as the months go by, when she initially got home from the hospital, she was still using her hands a lot and looking at pictures or petting her automated cat. During those days, we would bring her things to look at or to touch until she seemed tired of that item and we'd replace it with something else. She still uses her hands now. It's a very tactile time, but mostly she reaches out to hold our hands or to pet her furry bunny. A good friend gave her the bunny, and it's become a staple. Mom talks to the bunny, kisses the bunny, and no matter where Mom is, the bunny is always with her. One time recently, Mom asked one of the caregivers how many kids she had. After she answered, Mom said, I like bunnies. And that's true. She's always been an animal lover, and I'm guessing she would prefer to have a house full of them if she had the choice. Changes, lots of changes. When mom was in the hospital, she had a catheter to collect her urine because she wasn't able to get up and use the restroom. Because of the catheter, she ended up getting an infection and it needed to be removed. I was worried that mom would be wet all the time and that she might develop open sores on her skin that can become deadly. Instead, hospital staff set her up with a pure wick something I'd never seen or heard of before, and it worked amazingly well. If you haven't heard of it, it's a suction system that collects urine. A female patient will have a little plastic tube, about 7 inches in length, lying just inside her labia. There's some sort of absorbent material on the inside of this tubing, and that's where the female patient will urinate. This tube is attached to a longer tube that has suction. When the female urinates into the material side of the tubing, it's suctioned into a collection container. This way, no urine remains on the patient. It's a pretty ingenious invention, and when mom was taken off of the catheter at the hospital, John and I wondered how we were going to do this at the assisted living. We couldn't have her wet all of the time and risk infection or open sores. The hospital has these Purewick systems built into their walls, and we knew that we couldn't do that in her assisted living room. I looked online and found that Purewick has ones that you can purchase to use at home or in a facility like we have. For a simple-looking setup, it costs about $700, but I can tell you it is worth it. And no, this isn't a Purewick commercial, but I wouldn't hesitate to recommend one of these for anyone in a similar situation. It's been a lifesaver for us. Mom was noticeably happier when we returned to her assisted living, and she was visited by all of the staff, smiling and happy to see her. The director gave lessons on how to use the Hoyer lift and filmed the video so that everyone in the facility had a chance to learn. He said that they had someone that used to use a Hoyer lift before, but didn't currently, and he'd be happy to teach his employees. Thanksgiving and Christmas rolled around, and we celebrated. We brought in turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, and pie on Thanksgiving, and all ate with Mom. A lot of residents go to their families' homes over the holidays, so it was pretty quiet in the facility, and I was glad that we could all be together. One of our family traditions has always been to take a, a walk on Thanksgiving. It usually feels pretty good after consuming a large amount of food to get some steps in, and I really hoped we could continue that one more time with Mom. We transferred Mom into her wheelchair and went out to the front of the facility where residents without families around were hanging out. We sat and drank some hot chocolate by the fire, chatting with a few residents and feeling good that we had probably brightened their day as they had brightened ours. It always feels good to take extra time to chat with the residents, give them a squeeze, or having an ear to listen. It doesn't take much to really add to someone's life. When it felt like the time to go outside, we bundled Mom in an extra blanket, and Chris went out to the car to retrieve our dog, Tucker. He was new to us in October, and I really wanted Mom to meet him and know that he was from a special place that she loved, McPaws in McCall. I know that I've said this in other episodes, but just to reiterate, McPaws is an amazing organization that shelters the dogs and cats of Valley County. Mom and John volunteered at McPaws for years, walking dogs, petting cats, and helping with monster dog pull and bark in the park. They truly loved the work, and if not for this terrible disease, would still be there tirelessly volunteering, I'm sure so I wanted her to know that this special pup was from a special place that she loved. We pushed Mom outside, and Chris walked up with Tucker. I don't remember specifically, but I'm sure Mom said something about Tucker being cute, because he is, and I remember Tucker being gentle as he sniffed Mom. It felt good to be able to share this part of our life with her. We walked up and down the path outside, and when Mom seemed cold, we came back in. Tradition was complete, and I felt grateful. Christmas was a tougher holiday for all of us. We decided to switch it up and get Chinese food to bring to Mom's room. Mom was having a pretty sleepy day, pretty unresponsive for the most part, and this was hard. You try to not bring expectations with you, but there's a part of your mind that knows that this is probably your last holiday with your loved one, and you want it to be special and memorable, in a good way. Not that we don't have lots of fantastic holiday memories to get us through, but you know what I mean. When it's possibly your last one, it becomes a bit more difficult. Chris and I arrived with the food, and you could feel John's sadness. Mom was having a sleepy day. We had decorated her room a few days prior, so she had twinkly lights around her window, adorned with animal ornaments. John had brought a mini tree that was sitting on her window ledge, and it was plugged in to display its lights. There was a green wall hanging on the wall, sent for my Aunt Sue Ellen, John's sister, that had a tree embroidered on it with battery-operated lights. It was pretty festive in there, but the silence was painful. There have been some really fun and funny moments in assisted living. On January 10th, Chris was with mom and John walked into the room. Mom said, quote, isn't he cute? Look at him. Isn't he cute? To a beaming John. That same day, I came into mom's room after work and as I set my things down in her restroom to get them out of the way, I heard mom and John talking to one of the employees. I peeked out when I heard mom say something and said, did she just say what I think she said? And she had. Mom had mocked one of the employees' voices and in a very clear voice said, quote, I can't understand what you're saying. This was hilarious to the rest of us as mom had spent full days not making much sense, but here she was teasing one of the employees. On 113, mom was having a bit of a rough time and got a little bit teary-eyed. I kissed her on the forehead and she said, quote, thank you, I needed that. Another time, she had her eyes closed and then I looked at her and they were open again and she said, teasing, quote, I'm watching you and then made funny sounds, moving her hands all around towards me like she was getting me. On 119, I got to mom's room and I leaned in to hug her. I told her that I was happy to see her and that I loved her. She responded, quote, I love you too, baby. Made my heart melt. Another fun time was mom's birthday mom turned 79 on march 14th 2022 we decided since food is a great way to celebrate we'd get mom and the rest of us dinner from zupas zupas is right down the street from our house and has fantastic salads soups and sandwiches mom and john really enjoyed the food there when they would come down to visit so it seemed appropriate and i was happy to be giving mom something that i knew she'd enjoy Earlier in the day, staff had surprised her and John with an ice cream cake from Cold Stone Creamery, and to top it off, family from back east had given John a gift card to Stacy Cakes in McCall, and he'd arrived at the facility that day with those treats as well. Mom happily ate her chipotle chicken salad, chicken tortilla soup, and part of John's delicious-looking sandwich. We didn't light anything on fire this year to commemorate her birthday, and that's okay. The sparkler that we used last year at home would have set off the sprinklers at Mom's assisted living. Plus, I think it's okay to change your traditions to meet the changes in the people you're celebrating. We didn't need a stinking candle. We had each other. And with that silliness and truth, I'll bid you adieu. My mom is currently thriving in her current state. She still exudes love on a daily basis. She shares smiles with us and holds our hands. She thanks us for things that we bring her or food that we feed her. She is as amazing in the darkest throes of Alzheimer's as she was as a full-functioning mom, wife, daughter, aunt, friend, co-worker, volunteer, stranger. I always want to say that I have the best mom in the whole world, and I stop myself. I don't think that's true. I have the very best mom for me, and that's even better. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you could, do all of the things that help us grow. Subscribe on the app in which you're currently listening. Share this podcast with your friends and family. Keep your ears open. If you hear of anyone wanting to start a podcast in your area that needs help editing, writing, or with social media, please have them reach out. We are growing our business and would love to help others with their passion.